0: And uh, we'll be here tonight, and then I think we leave it for next time, but then we come back to it, and uh, we'll be in Hebrews 11 quite a bit. But uh, we're talking about the inner workings of faith, and for centuries, students of the Bible and of Christian life have tried to define what it means to live by faith. Theologians have attempted to nail it down, just what true faith is. Uh, we could say faith is trusting God. Uh, faith is living without scheming. Uh, faith is obeying without provision. Now while defining faith is important I believe that we better be it'd be better to be equipped to live by faith if we are able to see it in action. And uh, we're often told that the best teacher, uh, is and is by example. In other words, uh, we uh, learn best when we see it done. Uh, ever had someone try to teach you something by just telling you how to do it? Uh, that often happens when us older folks get lessons on how to use our phones, right? Uh, they tell us, well, just do this, 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 and this, and you'll be fine, right? Well, and then we try to do it, and we mess it up. Many times, someone will attempt to teach you a new skill by just telling you. You have a lot of discussion about something, but uh, when you watch them, and then have them watch you, uh, then understanding comes more quickly. Uh, So seeing it in action and putting it in practice makes a big difference. Now, the author of Hebrews is taking the same approach to the life of faith. No more excl- explanation. Uh, he now begins showing us how to live through faith by introducing us to many who have successfully lived their lives of faith. 1 Corinthians 11.1 says, uh, Paul said, be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. He also said in, the, in Philippians 4.9, th- those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you. So as we begin a study this evening to discover men and women who've lived their lives through faith. And this uh, in, is kind of an introductory lesson. And we're going to look at the the inner workings of faith. Now, uh, it's always good to know how something works, isn't it? You know uh, as I know some of you are probably curi- curious about uh, uh, some machinery. How does that work? Or how does this work? It's always uh, nice to be able to understand uh, and uh, we have a better care uh, better care we take in its use. So what are the inner workings of faith? How does it work? Well, we must remember salvation is not by works, but it ought to produce a set of works in the life of a Christian. And before we study the lives of men and women of faith, we need to kind of lift the hood of life, so to speak, and uh, uh, the life of faith in order to understand fully the inner workings of faith. And I want you to notice tonight three requirements or three required components of life that demonstrate faith in Jesus Christ. First of all, there's faith's core values. Faith's core values. In Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 1, familiar verses, but we read there, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Here, we're told what faith is. Now, Understand, faith is not really defined here, but it's described here. It's described by indicating its core values. The word "substance" literally means to stand under or to support, and so core values are what uh, we stand under, or sup- that we stand under and support, and drive uh, us, maybe, or drives a uh, a company. Uh, of some sort, uh, or a uh, corporation, or an organization that helps it go toward its goals. What drives and supports true faith that makes it worth living? Well, first of all, it is a hope in God's promises. In verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. True Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and in spite of consequences. Listen, God operates quite simply. God speaks, we hear, we trust, and then we act. God speaks, we hear, we trust, we act. Faith is a living hope that no matter what happens, As long as I'm following God's principles and God's commands, He will work things together for good in my life. And faith is a confident hope in the God of the Bible. If we know Him, we must know the Word. We must know His Word. Psalm 1, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Christians who don't know faith have yet to plant themselves by the rivers of God's word. But believers who have, are learning to walk by faith, not by sight, are the ones who have determined to read, to love, to honor, to meditate upon the Word of God. And by the way, it's only the Word of God that will en- enable us to live a life through faith, our lives through faith. First Thessalonians 2:13 says, "For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because." When ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. I read this quote by D.L. Moody. He said, I prayed for faith and thought it would strike me like lightning. But faith did not come. One day I read, Now faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I closed my Bible and prayed for faith. And then I began to study my Bible, and faith began growing ever since. Faith is receiving what God's word has said and then letting it work in us. So we have a hope in God's promises. That's the first core value. Secondly, an honor to God's path. Again, in verse 1, he says, for the evidence of things not seen. Faith is described as evidence of things not seen. A future, a destination, and faith in God will keep its eye on the forward motions of the Christian walk. And that is, uh, we follow the clear, direct path that God has laid out In his word. Now, I quoted for you Psalm 1 1 through 3, but notice what it goes on to say in verse 4 through 6. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sitters in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We read in Proverbs 16, verse 25, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You know, so many Christians want to continue on their path and have the blessing of God in their life and the reward of living a life of faith. You cannot continue on your own path and have the blessings of God. You have to go down the path that God would have you go You can't have both. Faith is a complete trust in God and his path, living life his way. Again, the psalmist says in Psalm 18, verse 20, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I also I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed, or to deliver, to recover, to rescue me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. So faith is not looking for your own way, but fully committing to live your life God's way. For example, full faith in Christ at its core value does not exempt itself from the weight of scripture. How many times has drug abuse really worked out for people? Can you think about that? You know some people that have been into drugs. Uh, You've uh, seen some uh, some folks at the prison and uh, uh, many times, this is the result of that life that they uh, they uh, chose for themselves. How many times has immorality gone unnoticed by God? You see, faith realizes that God can only bless obedience. You say, well, it's worked out for me. I still have a job. I still have food. Uh, well, I'm okay. Well, that's Foolish talking, that's foolish thinking. Because we remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. So just because everything seems to be going right, and you've chosen your own way, you have food, you have a job, well, that means uh, God is blessing uh, you in the same way they bless as an unbeliever. You may have sun, you may have rain, but peace, love, joy are reserved for the faithful. Faith in God, at its core value, honors the way of God with obedience and faithfulness. Secondly, we want to look at faith's contended, contented reward. Faith contented reward. Now once we have built a core value to our faith, we must build its living character. Biblical faith's core values are hope in God's promise, honor to God's pathway, and then it's a character its character is contentment. Character is defined as a characteristic property that defines the apparent individual nature of something. Now, I believe that more Christians have failed to live through faith because of a lack of contentment in Christ and being enamored with the riches of the world more than any other reason. First Timothy 6.6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Now, what are we to find ourselves contented in? First of all, we're to be contented in a committed walk. A committed walk. Look at verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Now, they were called elders, uh, giving us the fact that their faith was lived out their entire life. You know, an elder is one who presides over, or it's an older member or a senior partner, one who has longevity. Here we find that faith is content to continue walking in faith. Throughout your life, you're going to be challenged to leave your walk of faith. I think every one of us who are older have probably can remember some time when we were we were uh, challenged to leave our walk of faith. But First John chapter 2 verse 16 and 17 says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. But the inner workings of real, true, committed life in Christ has a character of contentment and being faithful to the Savior, not satisfying the flesh. Think of Moses as an example. Moses could have had everything in his life, but he found contentment in faithfully serving the Lord. If we go further into Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, we notice there it says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. So living your life through faith means that you will learn to trust the Lord, becoming content in the riches of your fellowship with him instead of the riches of the world. So there's a committed walk. That's the first thing we find ourselves contented in. Secondly, a continual testimony. The character of faith begins with a contented walk. And that's the present state of faith, contentment in Christ. But faith has a goal. And that goal is to maintain a continual testimony for the Lord. You know, one day we're going to give an account for this life. Uh, We're going to give an account. And faith labors to provide a faithful accounting. You know, in most schools, uh, each semester they receive Two report cards. Now, I know report cards are outdated now. It's almost like uh, report cards uh, hardly exist, you know, or at least the way of grading it doesn't exist anymore. In so many places, they're saying, yes, you passed or you failed. Well, they don't say failed. That'd be, that'd be hurtful. That'd be uh, ha- uh, harming their self-esteem if we say they failed. You didn't just do as good as you could have, maybe. I don't know. But it's completely different from the time when I taught school. But usually, we had a midterm report card and then we had a final report card. At the midway report, didn't always guarantee a good final report. You know, somebody could have been doing pretty good halfway through, but then they could have said, well, you know, I'm not doing so bad. I just think I'll sit back and, and just take it easy. And then they end up with a bad grade. Well, the elders here it says, obtained a good report, a good final report. And this is known as faithfulness, not faith-partness, but faithfulness, okay? It's not a partial life of faith, it's a full life of faith. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4, in verse 17, says, For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son, and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. You see, Timothy was Paul's faithful servant, and therefore had many opportunities to serve the Lord with his life. Why? Because he learned of the Lord, he built a strong faith, and then he continued in that faith second timothy 3:14 says but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in christ jesus i think many christians struggle with continued faithfulness because maybe they're not assured of their belief 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and keep you from evil. And we need to see uh, faithfulness, and we need to be assured of what we believe. And then there's a third area, and that's faith-confident vision. Faith-confident vision. It was J. Oswald Chambers, uh, J. Oswald Sanders, not Chambers, Oswald Sanders, who said, uh, Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. You see, faith will open your eyes to that which you cannot see with your physical eyes. Biblical faith's core values, remember, first point, hope in God's promises, honor to God's pathway. And then we said that biblical faith has the character of contentment to walk committed to the Lord while maintaining continual testimony. But there's still something missing. For instance, if you're a mechanic or you're mechanical uh, in your, your desires, you look under the hood, several important items you need to see there. At least I know this. Okay, an engine block. If you don't have an engine block, there's <laughs> it's not going to work. A battery, a radiator, an alternator, if you know what that looks like. So there's some important things there. All right, if any of those are missing, that car is not going to run. If you're missing confident vision for your life, your faith will not run. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. And so the final biblical component here of faith is a confident vision, one that anticipates God's work and allows you to see that which you could never see with your eyes. So what does faith allow us to see? Well, first of all, we understand our creator. Uh, revelation is God communing, communicating truth that would not otherwise be known by man. You know how God does this? Through the Bible. Faith understands that the worlds were framed by the word of God. For instance, our world is being poisoned by the theories of evolution. By the way, Evolution requires faith, doesn't it? Why? No one was there, you know, billions and billions of years ago. <laughs> no one was there. Uh, no one received revelation about that. No one observed. No one tested. Nobody studied the process. But evolution tries to remove God from the position of creator. Why? Because then we don't have to be obligated to obey God. But for those of us who live biblical faith, our vision allows us to understand our Creator. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. See, God pr- created us for a purpose. Ecclesiastes 12.13, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. But we fell from that purpose. So first of all, the the, uh, confident vision is we understand our creator, and then we understand our circumstances. When you begin to live by faith, you will see that trials and testing, difficulty and problems, you'll see them like you never saw them before. Not that you necessarily see more of them, but you'll look at them in a different way. You'll see that through the trials and through the testing and through the difficulty and through the problems, God is working. You will see God at work. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that, are, that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And so faith trusts God through the trials. And so many go wrong, the wrong direction with this. And when the trials and the problems and the difficulty comes, they want to blame God. They say, God, you're trying to destroy my life. No. Faith understands the sovereignty of God that he's working on our lives to draw us closer to him. So does your faith possess these important parts? Core values, contented reward, and a confident vision. Those are kind of the inner workings of faith as we begin this study. And I trust it'll be a blessing to us in the weeks ahead. Let's pray.